0: Hey everyone, this is Andrew Johnson,
1: and this is Jake Reiner,
0: and you're listening to No Contest, a No All Studio podcast, a series of conversations with placemakers on the stuff that makes us human and the stuff that humans make. Hey
1: everyone, we're really lucky today to have Wade Hall on No Contest. Wade is a Chicagoan and a partner in leisure activities, a creative hospitality studio focused on concept creation, beverage development project management, and bar design. He's been a creative mind on a wide variety of spaces that we know and love, including Sportsman's Club, Big Kids, Stereo, Ludlow Liquors, Larry's, and so much more. Wade, welcome.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me,
1: fellas. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're really excited about this one. Um, Wade, so before we get like deep into the the mix, because we've got a lot to cover, we're really excited. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? What was your family like? How'd you get your start in the world of hospitality?
2: Yeah, um, well, I grew up in uh, in the Southwest in Arizona. Um, I was born and raised there. I ended up going to school there at at the illustrious Arizona State University. Oh, party uh, animal! Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a, a definitely an incredible time. But by the time I, I kind of got to the end of college and was graduating, I knew that that a change was necessary for my for my life. I didn't really know where I wanted to go at that point or what I really wanted to do. Uh, so I took a sales job uh, at a startup in New York City and moved out there. And to be honest, just absolutely, absolutely hated, hated that <laughs> job. Just, you know, it was relentless dialing on the phone, uh, marketing sales, uh, but... The great thing that came out of that was my exposure to New York city and really kind of immediately falling in love with that city. So I was determined to not do the job I was doing much longer. And fortunately I had worked for a really good hospitality company all throughout college called Hillstone, a pretty well-regarded training program. There I worked there for four years, all four years of college. Um, so I I was like you know I have some decent experience maybe I can get a job at a restaurant and so I started just sending out my my resume trying to to catch anything I could just so I could start doing a different job and and really start experiencing the New York that I was I was seeing on my days off and that I I felt that you know was something that was really calling to me and I was just incredibly fortunate that. Uh, the AGM of uh, the getting ready to open Standard Hotel had also come up in the Hillstone management program and knew the kind of training that took place there and took a shot on me as a server uh, opening up the Standard Grill at the Standard Hotel in the meatpacking district. And, you know, it was really love at first sight getting into that space having that be my first experience working in restaurants uh, in new york city it was a roman and williams design space it was just absolutely stunning everyone i worked with was a a, an artist writers and comedians and actors and actresses and everyone was just so interesting and all of the folks that were coming through the place were so interesting. And I was, I was just falling in love with this world of hospitality that I just never really was exposed to in that capacity in Arizona. And, and from there, you know, I really just, I, I decided that this was going to be something that I was going to dedicate my life to, that this was going to be my job. Um, At that point, I was really, really interested in cocktails. Um, And that's like really kind of how my trajectory towards bars started. Um, From there, I I was fortunate to be plucked up to run a little bar program at a place called Rye House, uh, working with two people that I, I really admired. And from there, once again, moved over to be on the opening team of a restaurant called The Dutch uh, that's another Roman and Williams design space, the chef, Andrew Carmelini. It was his second restaurant after La Verde, which was an incredible Italian restaurant in Tribeca. And it was kind of during that period of time that my actual, my best friend was in law school in Chicago and, you know, I would visit fairly often. And I was just kind of blown away. This was, you know, about 10 or 12 years ago um, that the, the big cocktail wave that was sweeping New York, you know, was just, just burgeoning in Chicago, just about to start going, you know, Paul McGee was at the Whistler, the Violet Hour was open, Sable was open downtown, but I just saw an opportunity in Chicago to to kind of realize my goals, probably a little, a little faster than I could, in New York City. And while I love New York City, it's an incredibly expensive place to live, and my apartment my apartment was really small, and I, I, uh, so yeah, then, then I, I took the jump to Chicago. Um,
1: That's awesome. Um, I want to dig a little bit deeper into New York before we get to that Chicago journey. I also oh, had absolutely. A, I had a very small apartment. Um, I lived on the fifth floor of the Benito dos restaurant at, uh, Mulberry and spring and, uh, it smelled like marinara sauce, um, from, from, little <laughs> early. um, but you know, that, that city definitely had an effect on me in, in a somewhat similar way. It took me a while to, to get into spatial experience for you. Um, you know, in the context of the standard and, and everything else that you were doing, how how did New York like shape your perspective before you came to Chicago? Like, what what were you seeing in those early days in New York um, that that got you really excited?
2: I, uh, you know, design design had a big a big part to play in that. You know, being exposed to, you know, and working in. Places that were designed by Roman and Williams, uh, who are, you know, just absolutely incredible. Um, and it was truly this, this just energy, this kind of effortless cool that was woven into the hospitality fabric in New York City. And, you know. I really gravitated towards what it felt like to be in places and what were what were the things that make people feel so good about being at a bar where they come back week after week and want to, you know, what were the little touches that made those experiences? And I think no one kind of pays better attention to detail than people in New York City um, in creating these just incredible environments where, that make you feel good, that make you feel excited, that make you feel cool, that expose you to new food and new drink. And, you know, everywhere you turn, there's something that's inspiring in New York City. And that's, you know, why I've continued to return at least a couple times a year, every single year. I just, there's an energy there that I think is unmatched around the United States. And I absolutely love Chicago, but you know, the, the creative soul in me gets to New York City and I just like, I, I can't get enough of it. It's and, and coming to Chicago, I wanted to bring, you know, thinking about the potential of opening a bar, or doing a few projects, you know, I wanted to bring those vibes that I really gravitated towards in New York City to what I was doing in Chicago. Um, and yeah, that's it's it sticks with me to this day. I'm still endlessly endlessly inspired by New York City from decades past to modern day. I just I think it's it's a very very special place, and I feel very fortunate that I was able to kind of start my path in hospitality there uh, because it was just like it was just so fun, and and so just you know. I don't even know how to explain it. It was, you know, as a, as a young, as a person in your young twenties to, to dive, to dive into that and have that be your, your life, you know, starting out as a professional, as you know, coming out of college and, and not really knowing your path and landing in this incredible space with all these incredible folks and starting to just feel all that energy that's, that's cultivated with, with space, with people. With food, with beverage, you know, and the way that all those things interact together in a in a perfect symphony of cool, it's hmm. yeah. I just I love New York.
0: It's yeah. It's wait. It's interesting you say that. I I mean, I was one that uh, purposely did not go to New York because I felt the energy to be very overwhelming. That's why I chose Chicago, yeah. and I it, I felt like I was on the like the edge of you know. And you know, I've only been here eleven years, but. I feel like that the creative spirit and energy in Chicago hadn't really picked up until about you know ten or so years ago, especially in the world of hospitality. I mean, Chicago's always had great food, um, but l- looking at that through through your lens, right? You've had such an impact, at least what Jake and I believe, on, on the world of hospitality here in Chicago. I appreciate. Well Yeah, of course, man. What was it like in your mind? You know, pushing that movement into into the Chicago. City, you know, you brought that energy from New York and kind of uh, planted that into the city of Chicago itself.
2: I think that that really started with, you know, with our first project in Chicago. Uh, I once I moved here, I had landed in a really good spot opening on the opening team of a place called the Barrel House Flat in Lincoln Park. Uh, that was, you know. Just an incredible group of folks opening that place up. We had so much fun there and it, it offered me the opportunity to immediately really network and immerse myself in the Chicago hospitality scene and, and bartending and cocktail scene. Uh, and I met my business partner, Jeff, uh, opening that space up and a good dude, by the way. Great dude. Yeah. So we, you know, barrel house had. 100 cocktails on the menu you know it was it was a very cool place and very laid back but you know just the the amount that we were trying to do there was just you know too much and when we started to sculpt the idea for sportsman's club um, we we really just knew that we wanted a, a kind of what at the time we were we were identifying as a bartender's bar because we were bartenders and we were making our ideal bar. Um so, you know, we set out to say, let's eliminate menus, let's let's keep the day let's make daily creativity a, a huge priority here and just do four cocktails a day. The bartenders that are opening up the shop, write the menu, just waxing off ideas you know, it's a totally experimental place, but.
0: And is that a program that you built in tandem with the bartenders?
2: Yeah, we just, I mean, we let everyone, we had a a great team. So we let everyone do their thing. You know, there was no rules. It was be creative Do you know, use the products that we have in house to, to push yourself to create new things every day. And, you know, along with that, being able to work with Kevin Heisner on the design of the space, um, and uncanned music on, on the music in the space, you know, those were other things that I think, you know, I know Kevin and I were both and and all of us really inspired by New York and, you know, a lot of places in Brooklyn that we really loved like Hotel Del Mano and Cafe Colette and, you know, these, these places that have been open for 10, 15 years, but, you know, could be, you know, the, just this timeless design that, that just never gets old is endlessly warm and comforting and makes you want to tuck into the corner and just drink cold beers and shots of whiskey. And, nice you know, so so we plugged in hi-fi sound. Um, we play all the music over a reel the reel system. Um, we worked with Uncanned Music to the first five uh reels but from there on we would we instituted a program we called wheel to reel uh, where we invited djs from around the city to play vinyl sets and then we recorded the vinyl sets right on the reel wow so you know like through that process we were able to have a dj kind of capture the energy of a room feel the energy of the room and and then we could record that and bring that energy to other parts you know when we didn't have someone playing live vinyl and you know the space was cozy i think that that was a a new thing for chicago but not really because the matchbox has been doing it for so long and it you know right from the get-go it just had this great energy to it you know it just the the people it was i think the right bar in the right neighborhood you know it was we, we were just grinding there every night, being creative, having fun, like building friendships. And it just felt like a, like a clubhouse and like a, just a place you wanted to be. And, and those patrons that we built at the beginning are still our patrons there today, seven years later. It's. That's
0: great. It's, wait, it's funny you say that we, we, uh, we chatted with Michael Salvatore last week and, uh, one thing he said when he was developing Larry's, he's like, the only thing I want out of this bar, is to feel like I can just go there and meet friends that are there forever, and that it's super local, and that whoever's there is always there, and that really resonated with us because I, you know, we look at that in the world of uh, multifamily as well. Like um, these communities are not just places where people go and sleep. We really want them to feel like this is a place where they can, uh, you know, nurture friendships and build creative, you know, uh, businesses and, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely speak that language, but I'm curious in the world of hospitality, do you feel like Chicago is just riding the current or do we feel like we're, we're pushing the envelope here?
2: Um, you know, I think it's, I think where you could really see Chicago really pushing the envelope right now is is in things like the kind of alternative alternative economy that's that's risen through platforms like Instagram um, and all of these great uh, bartenders and cooks that are you know manifesting their own businesses that they run in their way, doing really specialty items that they're passionate about. And I see Chicago supporting that community in a really, really big way um you know as far as, as pushing the bar in design, I think we're definitely we're definitely getting there i I think that you know Chicago is an in, incredible city, but it really is a you know it's a midwestern city it's yeah. it's never going to be new york it's It's just not the same. We often and, forget
0: that living here, right.
2: Yeah, and, and it's an incredible, incredible city. Um, but you know, I think that people are maybe a, a little more willing to take risks in in markets where a risk could have a, a big impact on your relevance and your ability to, to succeed. Where I think in Chicago, I think if you're if you're investing in a space, if you're going to go after it like seems like you kind of have to have a burger on the menu. You know, you have to have these these core items that Chicagoans buy in droves, you know. There's <laughs> it's it just is, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's incredible. I love burgers too. It's although the it. double patty uh, thing,
0: man, that kills me.
2: A little too much, Uh, (laughs) but no, but we're, we're huge burger fans. Like obviously we, we do a a huge burger thing at shitty with shitties at big kids. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's, I think, I think Chicago is getting there. I think that, you know, going back to what I was saying about the alt economy, I think there's a young generation of Chicago creatives who are really pushing it in different ways, like really taking their creativity to the streets rather than having to, you know, kind of take this long and expensive road of getting into spaces and actualizing a space and designing a space and getting it licensed and getting it open. I mean, it's a, a haul you know, and to be able to be light on your feet and be creative and reach an audience doing something, you know, super specific and small is, is just really cool. I think. Yeah. Uh, So that's that's where, that's where I think Chicago is, is really pushing it is with the, you know, these, these young creators, these alt economy creators that are, are really pushing, you know, a a new business model, I think is, is really neat. That's you know, kind of underground and and super fun to support.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, what I, I hear, and we think about this a lot, uh, what I'm hearing is that there's two kind of emerging identities for the city of Chicago, um, two brands. And one is just us having space for individuals to uh, communicate directly to an audience. Um, whereas in LA or New York, like maybe you have to be hitched to a bigger name with more cachet. Um, in this scenario, like it's a little quieter. There's less noise. And so there's an opportunity to kind of put your mark on the city. Uh, And then the second is comfort, right? It's something that we've historically been known for in the Midwest and it is that burger, but it's a brand. And like, maybe there's an angle where we lean into comfort and, you know, kind of seeing it in big kids. And, you know, it's not, it's not something that you should, we should steer away from necessarily. Maybe it's something we lean into.
2: Yeah. And like the thing with big kids is like, we're trying to take all of those, all of those kind of classic ideas and, you know, Nickelodeon slime them, (laughs) lack of a better term, you know, it's like, we're trying to just have, you know, Ryan, Ryan over there is just such an incredible creative and and we're you know if we're going to do the we're going to do these things, we're going to do them as as good as we possibly can and really try to create something that's fun and and engaging and you know has a has an attitude and a style that differentiates itself from from everyone else who's also doing these things and doing them very well
0: I'm upset that it's taken us six episodes to have a nineties Nickelodeon reference
1: right yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: so Wade, last last question on this
1: topic of of markets and, and kind of where Chicago's headed. I, I'll give you the background here. So I, I went to a wedding recently and I sat next to a friend and we were chatting and I was talking to him. I said, I, I think for the first time in a while, it's kind of unclear as to what market in the US or what like neighborhood or subculture is driving the biggest change in hospitality. Like it used to be, oh, like Austin, everything coming out of Austin is is really cool or Nashville or Portland or, you know, portions of Brooklyn, Oakland. Um, but, I, you know, last year and a half, two years has been kind of like a freeze with the pandemic. There's been a lot of change, but it's unclear to me, at least, what market is currently having the biggest impact on our hospitality culture or person or idea. What do you think about that?
2: That's, that's really, you know, I I'm going to. I'm going to go back and and say, kind of revisit what I just talked about. I, I think that the biggest impact that's being had on the market right now is by the the individual creator. You know, I think that these kind of alternative economies and and offering opportunities for people that that work at bars and restaurants to have the chance to flex their creativity and and side hustle and and push push themselves and products they love. I, I just, I think that's, that's super cool. And I think that it is going to spawn a lot of, you know, hopefully as you know, you hope that, that commercial property becomes more readily accessible or, uh, for, for a moderate price point, which, you know, is the big prohibitive factor in a, a lot of, especially, you know, talking about Chicago, New York, LA, uh, San Francisco, you know, you have this barrier of entry, which is the cost of the actual place itself. Um, so, you know, I I can't point to one individual market. I'd say more just a, a collection of creators that are really pushing, you know, these almost new heritage brands that, that are telling family stories that are, are really specific and you know, it's kind of what you see in in New York City, and what's so inspiring. There's a place that does, you know, hand pulled noodles, and that's all they do, and they crush it at hand pulled noodles. You know, where in Chicago, you know, you'll be like, oh, we'll we'll do hand pulled noodles, but we also need to do sushi, and we need to do dumplings, and you know, and that's that's where I think that, you know, these these kind of alt economy creators who can just crank out one thing, love, you know, a small package and just really, you know, have the flexibility to be their own boss and lean into this kind of nouveau entrepreneurship that, that social media totally allows you access to. Um, That's awesome. uh, I, I think that's the, that's the most in, inspiring thing in the market right now. And I think like finding ways to empower those creators and let them share their vision in more efficient ways, you know, maybe it's through utilizing empty storefronts and, and things like that. But I, I just hope that there's, you know, some flexibility that in the ways that we engage with space so we can see some of these really cool online brands be actualized in some sort of way.
0: Wade, before we get into the to your creative process, which Jake and I are really, you know, fascinated to learn about. Going off that 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 comment, do you feel that in at least in today's market, it's easier or or more accessible for creatives to open up a hospitality or re- like a hospitality group or a restaurant with such a like not a radical but a very different lens on um, what they're trying to do? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I, I think that it is offering that opportunity. But the, the reality is that the economics of restaurants are, are very difficult. Uh, it is a, a really tough business. And it's, it, it takes a, a very busy business to be able to support, you know, really, really pushing the boundary. And I, I think that's uh, honestly the biggest hurdle that our industry kind of faces right now. Um, it's just that, you know, if we need to start getting people more comfortable with paying more for food and paying more for drinks and, you know, supporting these individuals that are are working at these spaces and working their asses off. And I, I think that is, you know, the fact that it is so difficult to find a way to really be financially successful and, and, you know, nurture an incredible culture, but it's, it's really hard to do that if you're not busy. Um, and, and just quite frankly, a lot of place, there's a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, and a lot of them aren't busy and it's, it's, how do you fix those issues? You know, the, the, the fact that people are extending themselves and putting their, their lives into these small projects. But, you know, it may take six months to build even with an incredible, incredible product. And, you know, I, I hope that things like, you know, landlords get more into things like rent abatement for the first year, percentage rents, things like that. I think those are things that could really help move the needle on more of these small businesses getting into spaces. but right now, you, you just look at purely the cost of entry and you're like, well, I can do this thing, you know, in a shared commercial kitchen or work out of my house and sell through social media. That's a, a far more for the young entrepreneur, I think, a far more appealing offer um, than the, you know, quite frankly, the, the absolute massive undertaking getting into a commercial space is, and, and it is. And if you're good at it and you love it, like it's, it's a great place to be, but if you're doing your thing and you're being creative and you're, you're selling your stuff and you're loving what your life is, you know, taking on a a space is intimidating for sure. I
0: can imagine. Well, you're, you're definitely good at what you do. So, um, I appreciate that. We'll tip your hat to that. Um, so we want to get into a creative process. This is something that Jake and I, we geek over. Um, it's definitely the one thing in our, our line of work that, that brings us a lot of joy. Um, hopefully brings you a lot of joy or maybe a lot of what, headaches, one of know. many things, but one uh, of many things, certainly,
1: certainly top to top of the list.
0: But wait, we, you know, one thing we, we want to know, or at least learn from you is wh- what is your creative process? Like, how do you start with a, you know, blank canvas and really paint the picture of what this hospitality experience is going to be going to be from, from start to finish?
2: Well, for me, when when I'm thinking conceptually, it, it usually starts with the space, um, you know, for bringing an idea to fruition. I think for me, there's there's tons of concepts that are likely knocking around in my head that could be inspired by, you know, a place, a song, a, a, a feel, uh, you know, but really, I love wrapping my head around the functionality of a space first. Uh, to ensure that it, it has viability to support a concept. Um, and, you know, we go back to this, this kind of, those kind of barriers of entry, you know, you really got to put in a lot of groundwork going into spaces before, you know, especially if you're looking for special spaces, like a stereo was a triangle space, uh the sportsman's club was a you know a shotgun bar with a big backyard same with ludlow um big kids it's like a corner in logan square overlooking the park it's you know you're looking for really special moments um and i think that the space and the energy of the space can really dictate what that that place will ultimately be um so wade
1: To that point, are you are you looking for spaces that are specifically like have elements that feel different and have like how do you go in looking for that type of thing? Or is it just um, are you just taking what you're what's most available in the best location and you're evolving it to have elements of different like how does that work?
2: I think that we look for special spaces and like, quite honestly, there's part of the part of the process that might come with a space that already has a specific license that you, you need. That's a, a huge undertaking to get, you know, you're, a, there's a lot of these kind of bureaucratic details that can also dictate what kind of spaces are best available um, for doing what we do. And, you know, for us, it's, it's always been fun to revive places that are, are maybe you know have great bones but have maybe just been you know neglected over time or just are really old and just need some love and you know you really we do really look for special spaces we're in no rush to you know there's a million white boxes out there if you want them uh and and those projects are incredible too and that that process would start more with the concept um if say we were approached by a developer to do a project in a space I think you know really speaking to what you guys do really well which is look at the neighborhoods and what kind of concept would impact that environment where are there gaps in the market where are is there something missing? Uh, I was just in Milwaukee and and talking to a friend, Justin, uh, Carlisle is the chef at a place called Arden and, and we were just talking about that, you know, where are these, these needs to fill where are people saying, oh man, I wish I had this here. You know, I think those are the best opportunities for success when you're looking at spaces is to really feel the neighborhood and, and, and fill a need for the neighborhood and, and make sure that it's a place that is community driven. You know, yeah. and that's and that's a different process than than kind of working from a from a great space like let's take Larry's for example. It was a, a square room, you know, in a in an apartment lobby. How do you make that feel like a Chicago tavern? And it was a you know, a really simple process, but an effective one, you know, yeah. to just warm things up. I think warmth is a word I, I go back to often because I think that the spaces that we gravitate to tend to have that kind of warmth to them that kind of lived in uh lived in feel you know not super fresh and new um just comfortable Uh, just like we talked about the midwest earlier
1: right so how do you do that i mean that's the thing like one of the many things that uh, we we admire about the, the places that you put your, your fingerprint on, um, is that every space is different. Like those brands are different. They have different vibes. They have different cocktails. They have different food. They have different guests, even like different target segments, but everyone that you walk into feels like home. And how do you do that? Like, what are, you know, give us, get us into the, the tips and tricks. Like, what are the things that you do to create a feeling of home in a space?
2: You know what? I, I wish that I could take more credit for that, but I truly take the credit, that, no. <laughs> because I truly believe that what makes those spaces feel so good and feel like a home are the people that are, are working in them and the yeah. warmth and the hospitality that those people provide. Um, from the moment that you walk into a space. If you feel like you've been accepted into a friend's house, just this kind of, you know. Immediate understanding that the relationship is going to be good, and that that you know we're we're treating each other with respect, and we're all here to have a great time. it It can kind of put you immediately at ease. and and that comes with hiring great personalities that that really embody that that warmth and that hospitality spirit. Uh, I think that design and music, especially, play a huge role in environment, music. Is is such a big, big thing um, that people often overlook or, you know, don't think about the way that a room sounds, the way that are, you know, the conversations move from person to person. You know, we we also like to encourage movement in the spaces. You know, we tend to do bar service only because we want people to get up, we want people to move around, we want people to run into other people and have these kind of impromptu conversations or, or just find these little things around the space or, or through their experience that they can connect, connect from. That's cool.
1: What, you know, another thing I, I, it's interesting to hear from you because you're a photographer Um, and, and a photographer, um,
0: a very good photographer, a very
1: very talented photographer and and part of that that skill and that craft is to understand like the frame uh, and elements of the frame that are not necessarily perceptible to people who aren't aren't photographers. Um, components like that are super vital: are light, distance, angle, um, composition, etc. And those are and like I think that you bring those experiences into hospitality. Those are details that we as consumers we we feel them, we experience them viscerally but they may not be conscious they may be more subconscious do you do you have examples of like maybe a couple places that you've worked on and some of the elements of that space that you've that you have consciously imparted on it that we may experience but we may not be able to put our finger on
2: I, you know, I'm I'm going to kind of gravitate towards the first two spaces, Sportsman's Club and a stereo and our use of music in those places. I know I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think just sound is such a, a, a huge thing. And, you know, I, I am a very visual person. I'm a photographer. I, I look at things and I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I frame them up. I say, all right, is this, is everything tasty on the eyes here? is this, you know, telling, is this what I'm viewing, telling a story? Uh, Is it, is it making me feel something? And yeah, a lot of times people will look around and kind of blast over those things. But when you look at it as a frame, as a photograph, and you're able to stop for a second and concentrate on it, you know, you really start seeing it in a different way. And that's, you know the way I photograph spaces is, is is definitely the way that I I see them and that I interact with them and the the energy that they kind of bring to that and that that comes from little cues all over the place you know but but like you know as much as I say that I think the most intangible and important thing is is the music is these these tunes because yep. because that like honestly it like if you have a really good Music program, people like it. Just kind of gets inside of you and and kind of leads that experience that you're having at this place. And if you know nobody is immune to good music, it's it's just something that that immediately makes you feel good. And if you can bring you know a really solid eye on lighting, a, an intimacy, a you know take a big space and make it feel small, you know this really kind of Say it again. Warmth. I, yeah. I keep on coming, coming back to that word. But and it's the, yeah, it's the same way I view f- shooting photos. I, I look for these these moments that really stop you in your tracks. Um, and you know, it those moments may be fleeting. It may be because someone's walking by a specific place at a specific time, and all those things coming together in that perfect way is what we try to hope. That that we can accomplish with these with these spaces—that's you know, awesome. kind of just kind of that you know that happen stance of of warmth and creativity.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Wait, it's interesting that you said that uh, music is such a pivotal part of a space. Uh, one thing that Jake and I started to do recently, not to get on a side tangent, is build playlists around our clients. So we've we've started this thing called Everyday Music. And the concept is really to build soundtracks around the moods and the feelings that we feel like not only encapsulate our client's personality and brand, but something that they can program into their space. And we felt that that was just another way to um, consume a brand outside of visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's good to hear someone like you, uh, who who is a creative, to think like that outside of what do you see in the lens of your camera?
2: Yeah, I, it's music evokes feelings. Yeah, and that's just what it does. It it brings things out of people, and and I think the way that music engages with the space, the way that you think about how you soundproof things, and and what the noise is like, and making sure that that we you can converse in a in a effortless way, but music is still completely surrounding you and such a big part of what you're experiencing. And you know you could see it on those few moments when music goes out in a room. How yeah. almost how almost it like when music goes out in a room it almost really like pulls the rug under the life of the room. Yep. It just yeah. goes. It just stops. Music, music keeps the whole music keeps the whole thing going.
1: How many times in New York were you out until you know some some ridiculous hour in the morning and then the music cut off and and you looked around and you said, "Is this the same place?" Now's yeah. now it's time
0: to go home.
2: Yeah. Lights go up, music, music turns off. And that's, that's the, you know, that, that literally says, this is the end. It's over now. Right. Um, well,
0: I mean, you, you can even translate that into shopping too. I mean, there, there was a point in time and I think recently Target started to play music, but there was a yeah. point in time when they didn't play music and it almost like kind of stopped time or slowed down time. And you're just aimlessly walking around. And ever since they've added music, you walk a little faster. There's a little pep in your step. You feel a little more energetic to buy stuff. Um, there's definitely a psychological uh, uh, feeling or or mood that it sets when you enter spaces.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, so wait, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about on this podcast is being different. Like that's we put that as our mission. Our mission is to make sameness extinct in real estate and spatial experiences. Um, and, and you have also the ability to create spaces that are different. And it's, I, that's a challenging thing. Like we talked about restaurant business is very, very tough. And part of the reason that it's tough, not just the economics, but the fact that in some ways these are substitutable goods. Like you can get a hamburger at a lot of places, but the places that stand out, the places that you go back to, the places that are, are unique, um, those are the ones that tend to thrive. So I'm wondering, like, how do you think about creating experiences that stand out from the crowd?
2: Well, I think it's, you know, I I know vibe is a term that's used a lot and used pretty loosely, but I I do think it is a relevant term, um, just because I, I don't really, I think that the the feel of the space is is what's going to differentiate it like uh, we live in a city where people are cooking incredible food all over the place people are making incredible drinks all over the place and you know luckily because of the internet and how easy it is to do research on this stuff and how easy it is to to flow ideas from one another it's it's just getting better and better and better um, from the f- so how do you differentiate yourself is is through those intangibles, through the, the design, through the way you feel in a space, the, how the music sounds, you know, I think those are the things that New York has always, always gotten. And, and I think that's because their buildings are great and they're, they're old and they, you know, you kind of have to make them small and you have to, you know, and you don't have alleys and you don't have, you know, the big spaces are, are, few and far between so
1: yeah that's it's we hear that and we see that with consumers it's like this this idea of a 15 minute city and a village and um human scale right like our world is built for cars but we want to live in a world that's built for feet and um new york is kind of a place that's built for feet and and uh these are small villages and you know there is a grid but outside of that grid like everything south of of houston is just a it's just all of these intimate curves, right? Like I, like, I think I lived there for a good while and still had no idea where the, where the hell I was going. Um, but that's something that you need to create. And then the second thing that I'm hearing from you is like often is authenticity is, uh, not just coming up with a concept, but, um, having like a core, why, why are you doing this? And then translating that into choices that you make.
2: And that thing doesn't necessarily have to be different with every space. You know, I really view that core thing as hospitality and, you know, the emphasis being placed on the people that are that are presenting your space and presenting your food and your drink. You know, it's it is the underlying current that makes this industry so great that is, you know, not as often shined a light on as as the actual food and the actual drink and you may have these hot button items that are super popular and people are, are going all over, but there might be some place you've never heard of or I've never heard of that's busy as hell because they've been treating their patrons great and, you know, just cultivated a, a whole different thing than than what we're trying to do.
0: So, so Wade, the, the required COVID question, and I, and I know that's something, you know, so much terrible shit has happened right but you know jake and i feel that it's actually kind of innovative or sped up the innovation of space from what you see you know what has covid made or made you think or how has it made you think differently about the opportunities in spatial experience
2: well that uh they're fragile and yeah. you know, if if we lose this opportunity to gather, these social spaces collapse. Unfortunately, you know, and that's what we in the hospitality industry experienced over the last year with COVID. Um, you know, fortunately, there were programs that were installed, like the PPP, that that allowed us to to stay afloat. And you know, it had never been more important to have a great relationship with your landlord, but it. It made everyone, I think, realize how how fleeting this really is and how fragile this all really is. And, you know, we're not major corporations that, that have a, an abundance of cash. And, you know, that's just not the name of the game in in hospitality. If you all of a sudden have to close for for two weeks and you have bills dragging that you're paying, you know, paying down, you have an AP like that hard stop that you're not anticipating is, is devastating. Um, especially for these really, these small businesses that, that were just, you know, doing their best to just forge ahead and and find some success. And, you know, it, it really, it really made me appreciate the ability that we have in these spaces to bring people together and, and cherish that opportunity to bring people together. Um, but I was also encouraged to see what it did for cooks and bartenders who just wanted to create and, and do something on their own. It offered them that opportunity. And I, I was talking with someone recently and I was like, I ate so much good food over Mm -hmm. the course of the pandemic that I bought off Instagram. I'd like it's, yeah. You know, and that's that's just not you know. And I was supporting individuals, and it, it felt good. And the the product, you could feel that in the product. Um, and that's what we were kind of you know. These spaces all of a sudden became you know unavailable. And right. what happens when your gathering spaces become unavailable? Um, so people found new ways to gather and to make community through you know digital platforms and through alt economies and and through social media. Um, It's awesome. But as we've got, as we've gotten these spaces back, you know, it's, you just, you just cherish these opportunities and it still feels like it's, you know, like we're dancing a fine line right now and it's not, you know, while, while it feels things feel pretty good right now, this thing is, you know, still here and still around and uh, you know, the summer's coming to an end and, Chicago's a notoriously hard city to, to manage in the, in the winter, uh, especially in the hospitality business. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's never great in the winter. So, so, you know, we're, COVID
0: aside, right?
2: Yeah. COVID aside. So we're, we're really, you know, hunkering down and, and preparing for what, what likely will be another really tough and, and really lean winter. Um, It just, it just kind of is what it is. You know, it's, we're, we're riding the wave just like anybody else and doing the best we can to support our people and, and make sure that everyone feels heard and, and supported and safe. And, uh, and that's, that's really what we focused on
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: And, um, we were talking just, you know, just before we started recording here about some of the stuff that you have coming up next. Um, you mentioned that you're, you're kind of taking the show on the road and you're working in different markets. Um, you know, number one, I'll give the the dreaded two part question, but number one, um, what's it like to, to work in a different market and to localize what you're doing? And then number two, like what else, what else is next for you? You've done so much cool stuff. Like what's coming?
2: Well, I, you know, I think that my, my goals and, and my ambitions in going to new cities and, and helping launch businesses in these cities is to bring, you know, bring that energy that flows through me, through New York, to Chicago, to these spaces that I've been able to build here. And, and I c- quite honestly feel like it's almost a different phase of creativity, because the plan will not be to really go hard and, and create a bunch of new brands, um, but take the, the incredible and successful brands that we have and bring them to new audiences. Um, and how do we meet those markets and, and show them what we do and bring that Chicago hospitality and, and have it be, you know, woven into the fabric of these new communities is, is a challenge. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it's the the natural progression of what we've done here. I, I love what we've done in Chicago, but I am really ready to. You know, and I will always be here in Chicago, but I'm really ready to experience a new market and see if, you know, the way that New York and Chicago have impacted me, that I'll take these lessons from new markets and, and become hopefully an even better hospitality professional and be able to create, yeah, create, take our Take what we know we do well to these cities and see if there is that opportunity to weave ourselves deeper into into their communities and 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 bring our kind of hospitality to these markets.
0: Awesome, man. Well, Wade, uh, dude, it's always good to talk with you. Uh, nice. This conversation was was just as comforting as the spaces you create, um, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll collaborate in the future on something badass and fun and. Love um, we love the work you that you do and and your partner does. and um, uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us.
2: I appreciate it. and I, I feel like just before we go, one thing that you know when we talk about inspiration and creative process, uh, I can't help but not mention travel and how important that is as well uh, in in shaping literally, you know most of the things that i that I do that I create. Travel is at kind of the core of that. Experiencing new places, new energies, seeing things through a different lens. Uh, I just, you know, if, if there's anything I could say to anybody young or anybody, it's just travel, travel, travel. Just get as many experiences as, as you can get, and and you'll. You, there's just such a rich world out there.
0: Good word of wisdom. Next next time you go somewhere, we're going with you. How about that? That sounds
2: that sounds great.
0: All righty, Wade, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for your time.
2: Hey, thanks so much, fellas. See ya. Take care.
0: Thanks again for listening to the No Contest Podcast. For more information, make sure to follow us on social media or check us out at nowalls.studio.